0: Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the End Product Podcast and guys we've got a very special episode we are recording live in location in my studio or as the the, uh, Soria Odyssey guys call it, my football lair and uh, (laughs) we've got Stish, we've got the End Product we're in in studio, Stishy boy, good to see
1: you, welcome Hey hey, thanks for having me mate, it's nice to uh, you know like the old saying of like putting a face to a name it's a bit like that but in a building sense. so yeah, uh, for anyone watching that wonders, uh, this place is quite cavernous. It is actually more of a a palace than a lair. So uh, yeah, it is a lot bigger than it looks on your streams and your content. But uh, yeah, great to be here. And uh, we had good reason to be up here for the game last night. Celtic, uh, Atletico, we had a good night out. Shout out to McBride and the competition winner Brian as well. Uh, yeah, we uh, we got so very well and truly on tour and uh,
0: a great game of football. Yeah. You must have been buzzing about the performance. Yeah, it was a great game and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where I'm really used to going and watching Celtic and having cards mm. and I'm really used to going and having Celtic cards now in Europe not do very well. So I, wasn't, I didn't have any expectation. I think overall Celtic fans didn't really want to have any expectation of this game after the way the first two matches went. There's not really much of a right to expect or want much from this game. But, um, but yeah, what a performance for 90 minutes, really impressed in a lot of different ways from the team, the players, the manager, a lot of things in, um, in between. But I was really hopeful, I was really expecting that it was going to be one of those nights because, mm. you know, normally when we've had those magic nights at Celtic Park, it's, it's autumn, it's wet, it's cold, it's under the floodlights and it's a big name and it's a game you're not expected to get something out of. Whereas some of their games, even last year in the group stages, you know, maybe as an argument to think there was a wee bit of, oh, maybe we could do something, you know. But definitely after the way the first two games went, I don't think anyone was kind of thinking that going into last night. And it just felt like all those ingredients kind of came together. And obviously you had your first your first visit to paradise.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I fully enjoyed it. I think it was a great atmosphere under the lights, Champions League. You know, the crowd were up for it. And I was just saying to you, like, one of the beauties of being in that environment, in that stadium was there's not really like a lot of big stadiums. You'll look and there's like pockets of where you really want to be sitting. But there was a there was a genuine kind of, like, buzz around the whole stadium. There was obviously bits of it that are a little bit louder. But there isn't really a quiet spot in that stadium. Everyone's watching it. Notably, no one really getting their phones out. So in terms of, like, you know, yourself and myself, like, like to get a bit of content here and there, uh, I did feel a little bit like I shouldn't be getting my phone out, you know. So um, that was interesting. You know, even as a big, bigger club as Celtic is, you don't get that vibe of, like, too many sort of, like, Tourists there is like a proper a yeah. hardcore fan. Tickets
0: are impossible to get. Like yeah. they are not getting chucked on via GoGo and <laughs> oh, all of these places that they are hard to get. Which is why you know well done to the competition winner Brian and hopefully you know with the 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 gods of Soria continue to bless us. We'll have more stuff to give away and hopefully enjoy for ourselves where we're at it. And and uh, yeah, thanks again to everyone, Soria, and thanks again to Brian. Obviously for winning, I hope he enjoyed himself. I'm not too sure because he had to sit next to me, and as you guys can hear, like. Um, Matt, I'm losing my voice. It was a lot of singing, a lot of shouting, and a lot of screaming. So he did win the competition. He got a free ticket. What a game! Memories were made, I'm sure. But he did have to pay a, the vital price of sitting next. He actually was right next to me for the yeah. whole game. So, um, well done, Brian. And I hope I wasn't too bad to sit next to. But honestly, like in the first half, especially the referee was boiling my blood. It felt like. I just say as you look quite clean, we'll move away from it. But like it just felt like it was pointing for the penalty yeah. before the foul even happened, and I just I was
1: oh raging. I just yeah. really feel I... your energy from across from Brighton <laughs> during during that moment of the game. Because I my, my view on it was like I agree, I think the referee did he, he was itching to give give that. Um and on on my first view of it was it looked like a pen, but having watched the highlights back, it was a really soft penalty to give. And obviously we're unlucky not to save um, from an SO five perspective, Dojo Joe Hart does get a penalty save. so so that was a saving grace in that sort of few minutes of time uh, that elapsed through your life in um, that evening. So that was um, that was an interesting few minutes of football, but yeah, watching it back, I'd agree. I think the referee was uh, a little bit a little bit happy to get uh, to get his finger out and point to the spot there. Yeah,
0: we did get quite a fortuitous red card in our favour. So like you know, I can't really. You know, that kind of I guess me and that ref, can, we can move on from it now. RDP <laughs> won't be in the next match, which is cool for Celtic as well. But yeah, it was a great game. And like by the end of it, like, you know, we spoke about before, like, um, you know, checking teams in, in stadiums and all the rest of it. When you're in the VIP bit of Celtic, no problem, by the way, no problem at all to check your teams as the game's going and everything. But in the seats, we were in like just, you know, very good seats, like yeah. right down because like we were a wee bit late coming to the game. And I was saying this to you on the way there, that the last time I was running that late to a game was Europa League, Celtic versus Leipzig, like another Quinny Derby, or whatever. Yeah. Mukieli, Upamecano, Kanate, all those guys were playing. It was a really good team. But anyway, I was running really late, and we were up in the nosebleeds. We had to do all that running and get all the way to the top of the stadium. And we missed kickoff. We missed, it was the first, I think it was the first game. We spent two million quid on the lights. You missed the lights. There was yeah. an amazing light show at the beginning. Munich and Man United, all these clubs have it. Maybe not Man United. Um don't know if they're a big club anymore. But <laughs> um so anyway, really excited. We missed all that. And as we're running up all the stairs, we hear the first goal. If you go and watch the, the highlights of that game, uh Keon scores in the first 10 minutes, and we missed it. So we me and you were running, we were missing it. I, I was like, you know, last time this happened, it worked out pretty well. And when we got there, like I see the section 104, and I'm coming down the tunnel, and as I'm coming down the tunnel, I can just hear the stadium. I know what it sounds like. You know, I can just hear it lift. And I hear everyone cheering and going nuts. And I just run out the tunnel. And I just see Kyogo and Palma running towards the corner flag celebrating. And honestly, it was just a mad euphoric moment. And I just I just turned around. I was just looking at all the fans. Everyone's just celebrating, going bananas. I'm looking at the fans. They're still celebrating. I can't believe I've missed it. I can't believe it's not getting chalked off like, fantastically. <laughs> and then I turn back and I look down the tunnel. And there's... McBride, Stash, and Brian just walking down, you know, just coming to the game, and uh, yeah, it was, you know, I saying that was just to kick off for it, and just yeah. the, the voices continued to
1: to fail me. Yeah, it was unfortunate for us to have missed that. Like we were, we were like probably twenty paces behind you, so we hear the cheer, and there's that moment of realization that oh, that's a goal, that's not a big shout for something. Um, so we're looking at the screens in the kind of like hot dogs uh, shop and that, and we're like nothing's going on, so the game must have been a few seconds behind on the screens. So then we kind of like picked our pace up and that's where we see you like at the end of the tunnel kind of like hands in the air. And like you said, yeah, the whole stadium's going off because it's barely just kicked off. It's what, two minutes into the game, whatever it was. And yeah. yeah, it was a unfortunate way to start the game, but it kicked on.
0: The first half didn't disappoint. We had plenty more moments to cheer about after that. It was a roller coaster because at halftime, we went up 2-1. They had a goal chalked off for offside and um, it was a penalty first half. Um, that was the first goal wasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The penalty was the first goal so the yeah. penalty as well and um, yeah so the first half it was lots of lots of action and then the second half Celtic kind of faded away from it uh, but we got to see some really good players from Atletico throughout the whole game we got to see the Sonier Goat Antoine Griezmann he had a pretty good game and he was like elite he was yeah. clear world class quality didn't put a foot wrong uh, the whole game on the ball off the ball and everything else in between and there was a few other guys that really did step up and showed their level and were clearly impressive. But he was the one that I think a lot of Celtic fans were like, yeah, I'm glad we got to see him play a little bit tonight. Really good that we got the result. And yeah, I'm glad we could get you up there, Stish, for your your Celtic Park debut. And it wasn't just that, right? I was thinking about this. It was five decisive actions in the game. Palma assist. Um, No, 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 sorry. Palma's goal, right? Doesn't have a card. So forget about him, right? Otherwise, it's O'Reilly assist for Kyogo. And then it's a Dyson assist for Palma, who doesn't have the card, and it's Joe Hart penalty save. So it's five decisives. In my team, with Super Rare, Hitate, Defender, we off injured after seven minutes. Yeah. I've got four out of the, all, the, all the decisives you could have had in the game. And we left the stadium. I was second at All-Star Plus, but who was first?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was an amazing night for me. And I, I couldn't find this out until that moment when we actually did get outside the stadium because Signal was so bad, I'm looking at it through half time, weren't really getting a lot of play on Sora data. So it wasn't really, I, I knew from the fixtures that I could see the results on like FOTMOG, um and some of the players who'd hit goals. I thought, you know, there's a couple of clean sheets, there's a goal, there's, and they're all in the same lineup. Ferran Torres had already scored two earlier um, as my captain in that team. So O'Reilly's assist, I think Veerman hit a decent score, but he didn't hit an, a decisive in his game this week. But yeah, that O'Reilly assist on his super rare, um, a Donnarumma clean sheet and a clean, well, not almost a clean sheet for Leipzig as well, but a good a good uh, all-around performance from Lukeba put me right at the top. But uh, yeah, I woke up this morning, knocked back to second and having a look at what's around me, I think Thursday night, a lot of fixtures tonight. Um, so That's yeah, it. I'm expecting to come down a little bit further, but nonetheless, happy to be in amongst those cash rewards and hopefully some of those premium card rewards as well come uh, rewards day. So yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, for both of us, we don't slide too far down. we got a mid-weekend product we this been smashing. Absolutely. On the subject of end product, since we last spoke on the podcast, did you have any, any wins on the weekend? Did you pick up any cards?
0: How did your uh, game week end last week, can you think? Um, my game week last week was terrible. I just got, like, super rare threshold. threshold. Um, everything kind of let me down. All my midfielders delivered, but, like, none of our strikers scored, none of my defenders did great. But it was, like... Every game I was watching, midfielders were scoring, midfielders were assisting. And I was like, brilliant, because a lot of my teams are built double midfield. And then I'm just looking at the pieces around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, striker did nothing, defender's crap, and then goalkeeper, d or whatever. Uh, so no, last weekend was a bit of a write-off. But one thing um, on that note I was interested to talk to yourself about and see what anyone else, obviously we're not live-streaming the, the the recording today, but anyone else that gets involved with the podcast, maybe on YouTube after it goes out, would like to interact with but the impact because that's what we did actually we did the question last week so we we'll maybe need to put two things on the spotify um don't mm. oh, know. No, we'll just put this oh, we'll put this on the Spotify. maybe there's another thing for next time but like the impact of 270 mm. so i didn't play 270 last week and i went for, it actually made me better not having right. 270 available and i know a lot of people didn't play 270 last week deliberately i don't know some people were being the contrarians and going to play 270 so, after last weekend and how the midweek's shaking out, well, what I want to know from you guys and from you as has anything changed in 270 for you? So, last week we were talking quite extensively about
1: how I was looking at 270 as an opportunity early on to see how we got on. After speaking to you off air, we kind of had a little chat after the podcast last week about 270. And on a Thursday, I always kind of like redo my teams and just then have a little look at like, where are we at based on... Fixtures and like likelihood of them starting sometimes I have a reshuffle. I ended up having a quite a big reshuffle after the team that we spoke about um last week. And I think if I had stuck to my guns, I would have done alright in two seventy. But in the end I decided to um focus on all star just because of the way some of my fixtures were like I didn't see like it was either two seventy was gonna be really strong and everything else was probably gonna suffer for that, or I'd be better off like trying to get in all-star, trying for the threshold. And um, that's that's the route I ended up going with. So for me, 270 is now almost automatically going to become a bit of a light afterthought because by the time I get another weekend fixture list and looking at like my options in super rare, particularly this weekend, I think my 270 team is either, again, it's going to either be, this is going to be really good and the rest is going to be pretty poor, including your rare pros and that. So at the moment, I think I've kind of gone a bit of a 180 on where I was last week, and 270 has become a little bit more of a sideline than the like, main entry point. But looking at like where I finished in the table last week on week one, I am actually in amongst card wins. So part of me is thinking, I might not have to target 270 as much as I thought I did to win something.
0: It might only be a tier three or backwards from that, but... Well, it would depend on how many points you've got. Because that was one thing I was going to say. When I looked at the leaderboards for the weekend game, we got, obviously still with the midweek to flesh out and see how it shakes out. But see beyond the top in the numbers, depending on the scarcity, right? Yeah. You see beyond the top 270 scores, the rest of them are bang on average. So for me, like, if you missed this week, that's yeah. one thing I was kind of thinking is, like, you know, that score is, you could beat that score got you in a midweek maybe. Or, like... Because some people will probably give up on it, or some people may not have the option to play it this week, or some people might throw the towel in on it, mm. if you get me. So, there is some like top end scores that those guys are probably now bought in. They're yeah. in for the period. But I feel that when I looked at it, I thought a lot of those scores are not unassailable. And you know, some people, again, depends on what scarcity we're talking about. MLS is now gone, it's basically yeah. just playoffs. It's a huge difference on utility. For, yeah. um, and you know, the other fixture lists are all kind of winding down outside of Europe. Um, so, I, I do feel that there's just again, going to be less availability, less cards to be deployed, to then be spread around, Some more decisions need to be made for some people. And it's one of those ones where I want to see, I'm, I'm probably not going to play it myself personally this coming weekend, um, but once we've got the first weekend in midweek, and then we can see how the... the Because next midweek, there's no Champions League. So once we get to next midweek, I think that's a good opportunity to to see what is the leaderboard. And I think that's the halfway point because Mm. this Cap 270, if memory serves me right, was seven game weeks. So once we get onto that midweek with no Champions League, that's a nice wee point to see halfway what's left, what fixtures are coming on. Could I maybe... Could I maybe sneak it at the end? You know, could I make a stab for it? Does it make sense to play a team this week because in that last three, actually, maybe two I've got are, are really good. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's an interesting point. I think, yeah, and I think even for me, I've got quite a big gallery, so it should be something that I can enter quite strongly, at least in rare. Um, but because I didn't, I think my rare score was pretty poor. Again, most of that was down to the bad captain pick. Um, I think I had Sangare against Luton, and he only put up like a, a mid-30s score. So, you know, I think you have to hit, so long as your captain hits big one week... That's one really good score, I think. And then everyone plays like an average game. But um, yeah, I think I'm going to keep an eye on it. I think my decision was correct this weekend. Just gone looking back at how my week panned out, my All Star Super Air team did actually win me a card that turned out to be a pretty good card. It's like worth about 500 quid. So if you think about one card, you know, I might have won that card at the end of the month, like having really targeted it. So right, to not target it and go into that all-star this week, I think was the right decision for me. It worked out with the team that I picked and how I, how I attacked it. But yeah, I think I might just be keeping an eye on it. Maybe again, this, like you said, this weekend, get a little bit of a feel for it. Maybe next midweek is a really thin week where you're just looking at Cat cat uh, 240 or something like that just to try and get the thresholds in. But next midweek is next midweek
0: is all Scottish. Really? No, oh, you thought I'd be laughing there. So the you gonna be best- cleaning up that week. There's a few other bits, but yeah, basically. So hopefully, fingers crossed, um, for a wee bit of that. But yeah, so I I, I don't know, because I think that the whenever you've got polarizing opinions or very uh, defined black and white positions on any strategy in this game, there's always that. There's always a gray. Yeah. There's always a gray zone to be found, and that's just one of the things that always has my mind working. Is just is there a wee sneaky thing that people are under uh, appreciating or you know, or thinking about or noticing that, you know, for my gallery for anyone that listens to him, the stuff that I make, you know, could maybe uh, benefit from because I do feel that the divisions got wildly more competitive yeah. in the weekend. You know, I made very good teams, had midfielders popping off with decisives and getting good scores, and without having the full picture, there was nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And in some divisions like with like art hitting midfield, a decent keeper and in high AA no decisive defender forward maybe you can get away with that mm. and get a tier four somewhere yeah but not that game weeks it felt like a lot better cards came out of yeah 270s went into 240s went into all-stars went into challengers etc so um it's all yeah. about looking for the least amount of competition that's what we're looking for i've been really surprised how high how high the competition is
1: in champ euro now and i think that a lot of that's probably down to the fact that they up the the cash rewards in that division as well yeah. um to kind of reflect the cost of entry into it, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've hit some big scores in Champ Rare in the last few weeks and got nothing to show for it. You know, like, I think um, you need to be hitting, like, 420-plus to, like, get something at the moment in those divisions. And, uh, yeah, I've been unfortunate, obviously. Yeah, it's mad. I think in All-Star, you can kind of, like you said, scrape a Tier 4 or 5 in Rare, maybe. um, And then, you know, if you're lucky, get into that Tier 3 on... Uh, on rare plus, if you, your team hits well, but um, yeah, definitely, you know the supply is bigger now, isn't it? So a lot of people can have the big players that they want. There's not a monopoly on certain players. Some of the big reward, uh, some of the big reward hoarders, I like to call them the whales, as we know them. If you look at their galleries, I know I can't remember which uh, player it was I was looking recently, but there's people out there with like twelve Bellinghams and nineteen Harlands and stuff because they they want to control the supply of that player, so they know that the odds of playing against multiple managers with that player in it. But then when you get to the, like, beyond the sort of maybe top 3% of the players in the world, no one really does that with, like, uh, Lucas Roberto or someone like that, right, who is a good scorer on the game. But, you know, you're playing against 20 of him um, in any given game week, whereas those Harlands and that, you might actually only be playing against 10 managers who control 100 of them or something like that, right? Yeah. So it is interesting when those big players do score you'll find that the gap between winners and and the mid the media the mid kind of there's like a big like everyone in the sort of like podiums positions is like 460 plus and then everyone else after that is like 390. there's like very little there's a bigger gap between the the average player and the like the the premium player yeah especially in champ we're seeing that now i think So I always really think about Champ at the minute. It's like, even though I've got an Mbappe and I've got a Donnarumma, I've got some good cards. I do worry about playing against like stacks in that division, playing against like a Bayern stack or, you know, in any given game week, it could even be like a Newcastle or a Liverpool at the moment, you know. There's a lot of that going on. um, And it's hard, hard to play against that, I think. I do worry about, obviously, you're a man who plays with a solid stack of... Uh, Celtics across different divisions so maybe is is that something you worry about if you're like hitting Challenger or All-Star or are you solely like it's fine Celtic i going to smash this weekend I've got the good pieces
0: uh, Yeah it's kind of like that team will play regardless so it's just trying to like so it hurts the last weekend it was hard for me to think oh we're going to smash them 4-0 or mm-hmm. 4-1 um, so I didn't really behave that way when I picked my team I, maybe, I put them in Challenger rather than All-Star whereas way because the match had but but so to answer your question, with the stack, um, it is just a it's a set and repeat yeah. kind of thing. You're kind of back in the play over this the over. The, I think the season. I think yeah. when you're playing a stack, that's the way you have to look at it because when you're projecting these things, like how good was the team last year? How good did, could they be this year? You're projecting over the season. They're going to get ten clean sheets. They're going to score eighty eight, nine goals. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah blah. And you're not going to get that after three games. So that's kind of the more the, more the way I think about it. With champ euro. I think that's the main way to take those budget teams, is like, how many times last year did they beat somebody by more than three goals? Yeah. You know, okay, cool, well, listen, I found it, you know, because that's the thing that you're after, really, is decisive actions, high volume, successful de- decisive actions. Um mm. And it's not very frequent, but the team, some teams do, some teams do it more frequent, but in any case, when they do do it, they deliver big, you know, Um so... I don't think champion because of like how infrequent that is for the budget option. Yeah. No one really does it, you know. Yeah, it's true. Um you get the villas, you get the Newcastle's, but they're fun, they're exciting, they're in Europe, they're up and coming. They, yeah you know, Brighton no one's done it for Brighton. I know there's a guy that does do it, cuz he's yeah, a Brighton yeah. fan. Well, that was, thing like,
1: was like when you're a fan of that club it's a bit different cuz it's like it's okay I'm supporting the club. Yeah. And if we have a great game, you you get double bang for your buck cuz your team's romped it, but also your so rare team's won you something. Yeah. And yeah, I, I can totally understand why someone might have like a villa or, a, you know, like these stacks that you would have never, like the average player won't go out and go, right, I need an, I want to buy an Everton stack. But an Everton fan would. He's just like, no, nah, I just want to watch Everton do well. And, you know, it's a bit like having a bet on your team every weekend without putting money in every week, isn't it? So I guess like, that's another thing. Um, Actually might bring us quite nicely onto something I wanted to ask you about as well. It's like, I think I think it was Haber or someone talking about, um, they're thinking that maybe like the way that rare are marketing towards maybe like the FIFA community and stuff like that might not be the way to go, and it might actually be more like the people who maybe do put an a- acker on on the weekend or something like that. If you maybe reach them with the rare product, um, what do you reckon to that? Because I think it's quite it's quite a, quite a good shout. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you want to stay away from the kind of like the gambling side of things. Yeah, but it does it does scratch that itch a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, I don't I don't really put
0: i don't have a big gamble personally but i think the betting thing is probably worse than the crypto thing in terms Mm -hmm. of the regulations uh, and stuff not not even the regulation but just the the public perception of association you know like that's us and our gambling thing because i was thinking about this recently i might have been listening to one of these conversations you're talking about but i remember when DraftKings first came to the uk and i was like what's this and you hear radio adverts and they kind of tell you in the radio advert kind of a little bit daily fantasy win money Mm. And I remember hearing adverts in the car thinking that sounds kind of interesting because I don't do fantasy over a season, it's just Too talking to me. Yeah. And I never really looked into it, it never really gave me much interest. And then I remember hearing about Football Index on the radio, and I remember thinking, oh that sounds quite interesting, it may be something that I might be a bit better at than the average cat out there. And I never really looked at it until a friend had been playing football or using so uh, Football Index or whatever and he'd explained it in a bit more detail than the radio advert and then I understood it, and then I've done it. Point of that story being that DraftKings was just advertising itself as what it is, and Football Index is kind of advertised itself as what it is. Football Index maybe was very quite cute at going at that alternative gambling aspect. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I get that. But yeah. I, I think their best strategy is always be themselves, Right. Like, be their own thing, because it is distinctively different from everything else. And the hard thing about being your own thing is number one it's really hard to just pick up a book and say this is how to do it yeah and when i had nicholas julian on the channel i think he said something to that kind of effect actually um but the second thing to that as well is like no one else knows what standards to hold you to or what is the path to success or what does success look like for the company or for whatever we're talking about in particular they're getting more customers or whatever the marketing conversation is about um so that's what I always think it comes down to, is just be yourself and whoever is into it will be into it. Yeah. It's not just going to be FIFA players or gamblers or sticker collectors or just punters or whatever. It's it's just it is what it is. You just kinda of want it to be everywhere. I yeah. think that's the best way. It's one of these things, it's a it's one of those things where what was it they used to do? It's not the Pepsi Challenge, but they used to do something like a dishwasher or something. Oh, I can't remember where it was, but it was something where it was like once you have it, you don't ever go back from it. Might have been Sky+. Plus. I think it was something mental where I used to work for Sky and I think they told us some mad stat about every person that took Sky+, Plus, like, none of them ever cancelled it. Really? have seen it first you came out. Rewind the TV and the that. The very thing. first time oh, yeah. you could pause the telling and you know, like, nobody, like, the cancellation rate was like nothing. You know? Recording TV and all uh-huh. that without having to... Like,
1: that. Video, yeah.
0: But I feel like that kind of thing Where it's like, even said Oh you can pause the telly Most people are like that Who cares And yeah maybe people didn't really care It was like 12 quid a month of a premium You had to buy the box Blah 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 It doesn't matter yeah. But everyone that got it No one gave it up And Sawyer's kind of like that That if you hear the idea of the game Or even if you know someone that plays it You may think Oh that sounds alright But it's not that But when you actually play it It makes sense then You're like yeah. I kind of Yeah you don't put it down You don't give it up If that makes sense It's that kind of it just it help. if you're watching football, you're a football fan anyway, it just adds. Yeah, you know, exactly. It just gives more. You know? Yeah. And I think that's like it's that Sky Plus kind of effect.
1: Oh well fingers crossed we'll see like an in influx over time. I think it's gonna be one of them things that it's just gonna slowly build. Like you said, once people get invested in it, And involved in it, it makes sense and then it just grows naturally. And I think you make a good point, rather than worrying about who we market it to, it's like how do we get more people just that might like it just to find it. But, um, but yeah, be keen to see how it kind of progresses up. Definitely liked all the little tweaks and that. of We've
0: had quite a few little updates, haven't we? So yeah, I quite I, I really like the new layout and everything. I was actually looking at it earlier today after the Celtic game to record a video and it, the interface now is really lovely. They've really cleaned up because when they first done it, you would open it and it would show you like the last three, yeah team from three weeks ago would be top and you'd have to go all the way to the bottom and see the team for today or this week. Yeah. So they've kind of cleaned all that clutter up and it's, it's on the desktop anyway i've not been on it on the phone too much i don't think uh i'm on android so i've not got the apple app unfortunately but on desktop it's uh, yeah it's slick like right now i really uh, i think like honestly like i think if i opened up so today and seen all that like i would be able to understand it a lot more maybe yeah that yeah. would help
1: too but i would just be in love straight away i just thought like, wow this looks great uh-huh yeah it does look like a premium product now yeah um quick one I know you sold your NBA cards recently didn't you You kind of got out of that reinvested um, heavily more into your football and that but uh, yeah we had the start of the NBA and I know you mentioned it because you know like the 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 non-adding of thresholds was a big thing there and uh, yeah I definitely found myself looking for that I did have to put some of my teams in um, but managed to sell I think one thing that I wanted to talk about was there is a little bit of a difference between the way sort of like NBA cards are valued versus football even though in theory, they should they they shouldn't be, but I think the supply of players in the NBA is so much smaller than it is like for the world of football that we play that you'll notice that you know like a player with a decent cap uh, like projection on on NBA their price will spike. Yeah. So any given player who's worth two quid can be worth like fifteen next week mm-hmm. if they like are expected to start off of like a zero cap or something like that, right? And um I managed to sell a card I won near the end of last season, which at the time was worth about three or four quid and you know not really used it looked it it wasn't a player that was familiar with but he happened to be one of those players that had one of those little spikes um so when when i spoke to you and it's like you know you got rid of it for your threshold and i thought i totally get that because i kind of treated it like that oh if i win a card worth a fiver and sell that blah blah but yeah this week i sold that card 45 pounds because I think there's that extra buzz. The season's about to start, so naturally, the prices have been rising a little bit. But this particular player was like one of the cheat codes for the first game week, so I had to capitalize on the little hype. Sold it for 45 quid, which is a nice threshold, really, when you think about it. But um, yeah, I wonder if there's any ways that we could see those kind of fluctuate. I know we see a little bit in limited, but nothing is like wild unless it's like a goalkeeper or something to go from like a fiver to like 40 quid overnight
0: without playing a game yeah that would be interesting um, I think what I thought you were going to say at first when you were talking about the pricing of NBA cards there is see one thing that was part of my NBA strategy was first edition yeah first edition year one right uh, I think that's still valid I think you know they still will be what they'll be and maybe what I think I'm going to tell you is a negative maybe it's actually a positive right if you just look at the silver lining or the, look through the other lens of it I like you tell me what you think right but see for me the fact that season 2 and every season going forward conceivably is going to be 3d yeah for yeah. me the year one feels like it's probably going to be the mls big head <laughs> you know what i mean i've never thought about that but uh, because yeah, imagine they build all the interface to be 3d friendly yeah. and then, the and then you've got these year bad. one big headers basically that that's something i thought of it's, it's not like, a
1: bad shout you know, it's but... not a bad shout at all. I think in that case, maybe like most of the year ones, but not year ones, I know, but, but, but the but... number one might be like really valuable or the, or the rookie. Then it's like, it's still the rookie of yeah. this now. But like, yeah, back, like I've got his from last year, little cards like that. Yeah. I, but it, it could well be, they could look, start to age really badly in that case. Yeah. And I think the design of this year's cards, NBA lights really nice as well, particularly the commons. I can't believe that they've used that nice, shiny background on the comp that could have been like the rookie background in my opinion like that shiny yeah but yeah really nice design clean really Mm -hmm. like the design there um but yeah the the 3d cards are you still excited about the when
0: you look at your gallery you still wish that they were all 3d i don't wish they were all 3d i do wish but that like um i wish we could now like double click because the cards do have backs. So We've been yeah, told yeah. this before. You can just
1: make a middle part and like flick it around, maybe.
0: Maybe double click and it just flips over. Yeah. You know, just flips. Because it's not 3D, we know that, but it does have a back. Yeah. It has a back. So can we make it flip round? I would least, love that. Yeah.
1: Like a flat version.
0: Ah, oh, just turn it over. You yeah. know, can we just make it do that with a click yeah. of the button? I would like that because it has a back, but it's not 3D, but surely there's the ability to do that. You know, the back yeah. of the card, let me like see, and the reward. Thing, There's probably something like that going about. Who knows? Maybe I'm talking gibberish, but that's um, that's what I would like to see on that kind of front.
1: I did notice as well. Actually, one other thing we should definitely mention was there's a special weekly, which is a really unusual special weekly happening uh, next in the next game week, where they've got like this like Halloween special, and you've got to use oh, like yeah. a a dodgy card or something like a misprinted card or something's got the wrong name on it or wrong player picture, which. Like how how do you feel? I had a little look at mine, and the only I've only got maybe one card in my collection. I did used to have one that had the wrong photo on it, and I sold it. But there was one. There's maybe one card in my collection that was like questionable, and that's like Cherky's rookie, because he's called Mathis Cherky on it, and not Ray, which is the tech, the name he takes. But Mathis is still part of his name. So I don't know if that's a misprint, or it would be. I can't. I don't think I can enter that with any of my cards. But how did you feel about? The idea of like having a special weekly that's only open to these dodgy cards that like i like that i think that's interesting it because there's no way of searching like i love it for that card and you just have to know that your card's dodgy enter it and then if you win a surprise they will judge whether or not you've got like said dodgy
0: enough card in your in your in yeah uh, so they're gonna just quality check it at the end yeah that's good uh well i think it's great i thought it was very in uh, ingenious that they've done it But I was very surprised because it takes an obvious human element. Yeah, There's no way of tagging every misprinted card because there was no way they would even know everyone. They would know some obvious ones that maybe got produced in batches of 5 or 10 or 20, or famous ones that are like...
1: The Acevedo. uh Yeah, (laughs) well-known
0: ones, you know, that are glitched out. But there's no way I think they would have a complete list at hand. So yeah, it's something they would have to manually inspect. So yeah, I think it's a great one. It's a bit of a W. It's a good bit of community bait as well, good bit yeah, of community... Yeah. Like, bit of fun. Um, ...community service, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about movie terms when people... Uh, fan bait, fan service. Yeah. Community service, in that sense. Because you know Laird and the Soriadiet guys, they love misprinted cards and all yeah, that. They're always yeah. talking about them. And there's a lot of people in the community that like, love them too. So you know that that's you know they're taking they're taking something from the community and giving us a wee wee we hear you guys here's a special weekly misfits it's going to be fun seeing the
1: lineups as well like i'll I'll definitely be looking at what are the top three at the end of the game week just to see like what dodgy card they've got in the lineup and how they like that is something we've never seen before and um hopefully it doesn't give them too much of a pain in the ass to sort it out because that might put them off doing more slightly more manual check-in of like a special week but so long as it's like a special weekly and not like an, a, a constant you think the missed. goalkeeper Giroud card counts uh, I, I, it's technically not a misprint is it it's a collectible bit that's like a bit like a special edition yeah okay yeah I don't think that would count because I think yeah. that was on purpose yeah yeah Yeah. the Enzo Perez one as well right where he's got the thumbs up it's a
0: classic I want practice, to see more it? cards like
1: that as well that's another thing worth mentioning We've, we had the Giroud the other week We've had the Enzo Peres back in day, so we know it can be done. Um, is there a moment in football history that you'd love to see kind of like immortalised on a so rare card?
0: Uh you want the player celebration? Not really. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I could just give me a bunch of gold cool celebrations, that would probably be.
1: Yeah, it would be nice to see more dynamic designs. I know a lot of people have like moaned about it and it never felt like a big thing to me, but when I saw the Giroud card recently, I thought, that does actually look quite nice, like a more action shot than like a headshot. Yeah. Be nice to see a little bit more of that in football. I know they've done it with basketball as well. So seeing that, I wonder like how many issues they have to jump through to make that a reality. But yeah, it'd be nice to see some more cards like that. Um, and then cards like that could be used in special weeklies and future, that kind of thing. Definitely. Still like my uh, edition, limited edition a uh, Game Week 200. That's probably the only kind of like unusual card I've got in my gallery. But yeah, it'd be nice to see some kind of extra utility for those cards, I
0: think, in future. So Stitchy Boy, this weekend we're in search of some end product. We've got MLS is gone now, it's just playoffs. So, you know, we're kinda of mentioned some of that stuff earlier with the two seventy cap and whatever. But coming into this weekend, it's it's almost Europe only. We're almost at that kind of stage. But it does feel like this week that um with two seventy on, MLS, a lot of goalkeepers are gone, a lot of just squads are gone. Um, Just the way the playoffs are shaking out and everything. For this game week, what is it you're going to be targeting yourself, mate? I've
1: had a little look today and I do like my sort of Thursday redraft and I think at the moment I'm leaning towards going really heavy in All-Star Rare Pro and with like the optimum lineup, and not worrying too much about, oh, I might want to put that in U23 or I might want to put, I'm just going to let myself pick what I truly believe is like, that's the five strongest cards I've got two supers in there and then three rares and then just see what's left after that i was thinking that um i might have a good option like u23 you know like taking some of the mls cards out of the pool and all that so uh, yeah Yeah. i I do have a lot more work to do but i think you know some of those more you know u23 might be worth a shot because you're going to take a large chunk of the mls out and you know, some of the goalkeepers obviously are in MLS, in the U23 particularly. So I might need to have a proper look at that. But I'm thinking, yeah, at the moment it's probably like ultimate all-star rare pro and then probably U23 rare pro after that and then see what's left before I get into my blues and hopefully scrape another few thresholds. And um yeah, depending on like what the fixtures lie like, maybe have a look at how I finish in 270 in the midweek. Um But yeah. I think i've got a lot of uh, homework to do on this flight back to london that's for sure what about yourself what you got on there?
0: i have not got anywhere near building teams yet to be honest with you but i know kind of roughly what i've got and where things are i'm looking forward to our big weekend just of having like lots of teams going out and and getting stuck into it and it's kind of for me i'm just kind of living through the strategy i kind of laid out early season for me and obviously over the last like kind a of, couple of weeks selling nba cards pulling some other cards and i've kind of buffed my gallery up into a position that i'm just kind of now going kind of week to week and I think the 270 thing has made it a bit easier for me to just rotate between either Edward and Martin those two uniques now which I've got which is fun and do I play them in Champ Euro or do I maybe ditch them I can't really ditch them as much anymore because 270 is not available because mm. I've got a mixture of Champion and Challenger guys obviously Um so kick off and that kind of thing so yeah. nothing too exciting for me Um that's uh, strategically different this game week but I do like the shout of under 23 because I do have a Trubin. And it's maybe a division I might put higher up on the yeah. on the build list, stish. But I'm uh, I'm firmly still in this blue and red camp, you know, where I build on my blues, build on my reds, and any of these uh, what's left. any of these plus divisions. I don't know if I'm quite in. I don't know if I'm quite a plus player, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite a plus. Yet, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's definitely had me thinking a lot more about rare pro and trying to like instead of hitting rare pro, go like definitely try and get a card in red. Like, you know, you've got a team that should be at least scraping a tier five. Yeah. Whereas if you go rare pro, there's less rewards. You have to hit pretty big and you need your full five to like go big, go go for you. So, But like, it really is for me um, seeing what I've got. And I think that like, I don't think I've got a massive amount of really good fixtures. So I'm kind of focusing on three or four really good fixtures, build a team for that for All-Star and then see what's left. But yeah, I think I've, I should have a couple of good options in U23, probably in Challenger. Um, and yeah, we'll take it from there. I think we've got last few game weeks of Asia, so I might yeah. try and try and nick a couple of wins there, and hope that next season's K League uh, coverage
0: is improved because I think that that will help. Yeah, that will help the uh, the region. Big thing. Excellent. Okay, well, hope you've enjoyed this special in studio episode of the end product podcast I don't know where to look Um, if you've watched the video like and subscribe and retweet and all that good stuff guys Um, if you find us on Spotify rate and review get involved in the question that's in the the Spotify broadcast as well and uh, yeah happy hunting this weekend we'll catch you next week cheers all